0: I got up trying to be nice, you punk ass. got me fucked up. Girl, girls love Beyonce. I repeat, I repeat, girls love Beyonce. That has nothing to do with the fuck we are about to have a conversation about on this podcast. What's rocking with you? What's popping with you? My name is JT and welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. The first episode of the new year of the new decade. We are in the 2020s. Bro, it is so weird to think the first twenty babies are being born this day. Somebody made a fucked up decision nine months ago and had a baby by somebody met at a strip club or met at some Denny's at an odd hour of the night, and they now they've uh, birthed a little Dylan, a little Raheem, a little Rashad, or LeBron. Naming your kid after LeBron James in hopes of him being a basketball player is crazy. But, you know, hey, you, you never know, you know. Somewhere out there, there got to be a Michael Jordan that was named after Michael Jordan in his prime and made it at least to the collegiate level of basketball. I'm not totally sure if I pronunciate a collegiate, but what's going on with my people? How's everybody doing? How's everybody rocking? What's popping with you? Hey. I, <laughs> uh, I'm in good spirits right now. I just now cemented the over business as a Google business. So like you can actually look at my business now and give it four stars or five stars ratings, leave reviews on Google. Like how, you know, those evenings, those nights that you be with your female, that you be with your wife or your boyfriend, whatever it may be, and y'all be trying to figure out somewhere to eat. And if you do like me, you'll Google Mexican restaurants near me or good food near me and a list of restaurants will pop up. My voiceover, my narration service will do the same way. You can actually Google voice over and narrate pop up. But I'ma ask all of you guys and when I verify it, the verification process will be done next uh next uh Friday, but I want to ask all of you guys to go to my website and leave reviews about my voice, leave stars, leave ratings. Let people know that they need me on their track because I'm just getting tired of working for other motherfuckers. I do not want to go into my thirties working for other motherfuckers. So, this is like my one of my really, really big, big boy concrete steps into being an actual entrepreneur. And um, with the support of my team, with the support of my fan base, with the support of my audience. I know for a fact that I shall make it that this will become a real thing. And so, for those of you guys who have supported the podcast from day one back to when I was recording it at my grandma's house, back to when I was recording at the San Francisco Public Library after doing 12-hour shifts, which I might still be doing that again now because I'm actually back working in San Francisco again. I appreciate you guys' love from the bottom of my heart. And it just means a lot to me, you know, you know, the TGV team, we are the greatest voice team. we out here. It's a movement. It's more than a movement. It's a family. It's a unit. We out here. Um, now, revisiting a topic that I touched on about two months ago, some of y'all might have, some of y'all might remember, you know, a lot of times when shit pops up in pop coach, we kind of forget about it. So you probably ain't thought about it in like in months, but You remember when T.I. made those very egregious, very polarizing comments about how he raised his daughter and how he has his uh, yearly annual trip to the gynecologist to check her hymen to see if she's sexually active. And keep in mind that since stating those statements, he's walked that back and said that he was completely joking and none of that happens. I don't believe him. Um, I just was listening to my old episode speaking about that when he was talking I was just getting my opinion about that and one of the po- points that I made in the conversation at that time was is even though I disagree with the method of his parenting I do think that T.I. means the best for his kids I do think the mistakes that he's making although they are very weird very 18th century uh, uh, father of Princess Goinevere, who you want her to force her to marry some nigga 30 times her age, type it. I do think he means the best for her. And it kind of made me start thinking, like, and I have this conversation back then where I want to bring it up. When you are raising a kid, how much of what you do, the ends justify the means? I think as a black man, raised under a black household had a black mama and a black daddy. There is a lot of things that our parents usually do to us. I'm gonna go on record and say this. I don't know if Tyler Perry and Oprah is going to crucify me for these words. There is a lot of blacklisted shit. That they do to us that I really think are, are, our punishments for the record book. I mean, picking your own switch, um, goddamn uh go uh there's just so that picking your own switch is one of them key things but picking your own switch building you a goddamn switch to whoop you with they take the switch and they get multiple switches and braid them and put them in the water so they don't weather all this shit. and i do think my my step daddy and my mama they whoop my ass in my earlier years being raised in the streets and the valleys of Vallejo, California. You know, I got hit with belts, shoes, hangers, metal side of the belt, punched up, beat on concrete, beat in the Toys R Us parking lot. Only the true 90 babies remember Toys R Us. And it was all traumatizing. But uh, although I disagree with their um, tactics, we'll call them tactics right now, I do feel, for the most part, my parents wanted the best for me, and the scars, lacerations, and burn marks that I had throughout this this process of uh, a hard love they gave me. You know, at the end of the day, he's a pretty mild-mannered man. You know, even to this day, I still feel a certain kind of way when I use curse words. I still feel a certain kind of way where people perceive as being ghetto or ignorant. You know, I was talking to this one guy at work. And he was telling me, like, you know, when you speak, you come off so prim and proper, like you want to be a news anchor. And I was telling him, like, that's just how I speak. You know, I lived in the ghetto. I was raised around niggas, you know, y'all know my family history. But at the same time, I conduct myself like somebody who. This is prim and proper because I feel like that's who I am. I come off. I feel like my authentic identity identity is me being prim, proper, and spoken and articulate, kind of in the same way of a Keith David, of a Joe Budden, of a uh, Dennis Haysbert, the black dude who does the Allstate commercials. Like, <clears throat> I feel that that makes me me. So, I wonder, would you get that? You know what I was thinking about the other day, honestly. And this is what I've always noticed about, and it's kind of like a. Um, Kind of like a uh, a parallel from the conversation. I guess we just put a button in the T.I. conversation. The more of the story is, and I guess the question I could ask you guys is to put a button in that conversation. How much is too much when it comes to punishing your kids? Like, how much is too much? When is it? When does it become use? I want you guys to tell me that. Now, moving on from that conversation, I have always identified as a nerd. I've always identified as one who prefers higher intelligence. I've always identified as somebody just as like a bookworm. And when I was a kid, that was a sign of weakness, and that led me into a lot of fights. It led me having to defend myself. It led me led to me having to bring weapons to school to keep certain uh, ugly ass niggas up off me because not only was I intelligent, but I was cute. after these niggas, so let's not even start that conversation. Um, you know what I mean. Um, with that being said. As I am an adult now, you know, back then I was. As I'm an adult now. I'm six foot one now. Got a deep voice. I'm kind of charismatic. I had a deal with woo. I've always noticed that, and this was something that I, I just now started picking up on, and it's kind of interesting. The fact that as a black man, when I encounter other black men, and it's not just black men, just men in general. I love you know men generally speaking. When we meet another man a lot of the times. We'll joke and make friends, but there is a point in the conversation where we have we might have a little dick swinging contest. Like, and that dick swinging contest can be, oh yeah, I work there, I work here. and they pay me forty, fifty dollars an hour. Oh, okay, this is my wife. You know she a bad bitch. Like, there's there's gonna be some kind of dick swinging contest at some point in the conversation. Like, some battle of the egos. I really love the fact that nine times out of ten. When I meet somebody, wherever I'm at, they feel, particularly black men, they feel that they have to establish their intelligence when having a conversation with me. I love that about myself. I love the fact that when I speak with one, they feel like they have to like let me know that they are intelligent, that they are well-spoken, and they're not just some dumb nigga. I like... I like the fact that i give off that energy i love the fact that i give off that expectation like no you gotta come with your facts and you and you gotta come with your facts and your your, your book your book notes when you talk to me uh uh billy you know what i mean and you know that's just a pride of me and a lot of that comes from how i was raised a lot of that comes from how i was reared like i i value intelligence i value i value you knowing what the hell you're talking about before you approach me about certain things um and it's and you know it's You know, back in the day, they used to have that argument against hip hop like, you know, why don't the rappers sing about things that are positive and the kids will listen to why don't the rappers sing about things that are cool? I'm sorry. Why don't rappers sing things that are positive, that are morally good and can educate you and help you advance in the world? Rather, why do they keep singing about drug dealing, fucking light skinned bitches in odd places and throwing cash on their ass? There is something about negative lyrics, negative shit, or that of the taboo that just sounds so dope when you put it over a beat. I've said this in the podcast a thousand times. A lot of the activities that sound so dope when a rapper says that he partakes or partook in it in a song, a lot of that same shit, if you know somebody who's done it in real life or you'd heard they did it in real life, you would be like, I would never want to be around this person a day i my this nigga is crazy This nigga is like The gray face nigga From Hellraiser Like This is, nigga is insane I always tell people I've been saying this For the longest time If you wanna If you wanna I said this When that whole Cardi B thing Happened last year Where they was Killing Cardi B Because she revealed Well she revealed This four years ago But they brought The clip back up About how back in the day Back in her street nigga I'm And stripping at odd Hours of the night Taking niggas back To their hotel room Back days she used to drug dudes and rape them, <laughs> not rape them, but drug dudes and hit them up for their money. we do it. And like I said, back in the day, I was like, man, you got to understand at the end of the day, Cardi B a street nigga. And when you, you, if you mad about her, just drugging, drugging niggas and robbing them. If you want to have a real conversation about a lot of the, um, I'll say, um, morally ill, Lack of human empathy, empathy actions that took place at the hands of other rappers that we listen to, that we love, that we dance into in the club. Go to some of these cities, go to some of these neighbors and ask some of us who knew these niggas before they was on, who knew these niggas before they were rappers, And ask us some of the stories that we can tell you about them niggas in the streets before they were famous. We can tell you the stories about them kidnapping niggas' sisters and brothers and kidnapping niggas' kids because they wouldn't pay them back for half the brick that they loaned them. We can tell you about them niggas' uh, gang niggas. We can tell you about them. We can tell you some fucked up stories, even have a real conversation about that type of stuff. And the reason why we don't look at it like that is simply because, you know, everything sounds good over a beat. Everything sounds glorious. Everything sounds magnificent over a beat. If you knew a nigga that had killed as many niggas as some of the rappers, some very few. Cause a lot of these niggas is pretending, but if you knew people, if you just knew the true stories, you might not look at these niggas the same. I'm just being real. Yeah, gotta be real. Like I don't. It's the same. It's the same. I always make with the Nipsey Hustler story. You know, I don't like that. What's that dude's name? Shitty Cuz. I don't like that Shitty Cuz killed him. I don't like that he knocked him down. But in reality, is if you look at that shit objectively speaking, that is a real nigga story. You went up to. A, to somebody's store in your hood to your OG's store, that nigga told you to get off the block. He wasn't fucking with you because you a snitch. And let's just assume that shitty cars didn't snitch. Because in the hood, I know a lot of niggas who got that snitch car, that snitch jacket put on them, and they did not tell walking to an interrogation room with unsealed lips at all. Like, they they die, but let's just assume he didn't tell. And your OG, all these niggas confront you, calling you a snitch, and saying you got to get off the block. Hey, that nigga just called you one of the worst insults and put a car, put a jacket on your back that you can't just throw off. Even if you didn't do it, your whole reputation is killed when you go back to your neighborhood. Nigga, Nipsey, the, the OG who everybody respects in the neighborhood called you a snitch. Nigga, I gotta handle my business. Nigga, fuck you talking about, nigga. I ain't no fucking snitch. Hey, I'd be real with you. The, the way that he handled it, it makes me, the, the way that he handled it makes me more think that he probably didn't snitch, but let's, but he might have, we never know. I don't know this nigga's like, but the point I'm making is, Is in any other given scenario, had it been somebody that we that had did that and not killed somebody that we idolized and we loved, we might have praised him and put him on a high pedestal. You know what I mean? It's just being real. Like, you know, we praise the wrong shit. Say what you want to about that man, she does who killed Nipsey Hussle, but from what I understand, he was only acting in accord of what. That neighborhood, that community, had instructed him how a man should act in certain situations. Because from what I understand, that ain't the first nigga that he did knock down. He's apparently this nigga got a few bodies on him. So that's the only way he know how to handle. That's the only way, way he know how to handle himself. And it's sad, you know. You know, you go into this world, man. You know, I work in a city, man. Where. You just see so many homeless people out here. Just so in San Francisco. They just, they just, they just thrown out in the streets, like just discarded gum wrappers, like everywhere. And man, when you get in these trenches, man, when you get into these, you know, being poor is a different world, man. It just is. When I was younger, ironically, I had no sympathy for like a lot of the dudes who just did stupid shit. Like, Getting caught selling dime bags all the time, going back and forth to jail, or shoot niggas in broad daylight. I never had no sympathy for that, but man, when you in the ghetto, man, it's a different world, you know. Like it's 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 when you poor and impoverished, a lot of these homeless people out there, the, the tent that they have to guard with uh with makeshift knives they built out of a fucking stick and some and a butter knife because somebody might take them or rob them, or you know. It's, you know I'll be honest with you. When I see a lot of these women walking around this same city talking to themselves and acting crazy, I think a lot of those women are sane, but they acting crazy to keep niggas away from them so they won't rape them. I'm just being real. Like, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a grimy world, man. When you, when you're poor, when you just, uh, I don't know. I, um uh, it's, it's, it's a hard world out here, man. It is, you know, for those of us who are at the bottom and even those of us who are at the middle, too, you know. I, uh, I uh, I don't know man. It's it's this world can be this world can, I dunno. This world can be cruel, man. This world can spit you up and eat you out eat you alive if you're not ready to go to war with for what you want. In the beginning of the podcast I was talking about my voiceover business and I was talking about how that's getting started up and shit like that. And uh, shout out to everybody who's been supporting me of that. Shout out to everybody who's been who, who purchased my voiceover services last year. Last year, was, I made the most money I've ever made for silver, and I appreciate all those who who um, who invested in my talent. Part of the reason my main goal in this world is to be this broadcaster, greatest podcaster, radio host, nigga with a microphone with big lips, whatever you want to call me. Uh, my goal is to be the greatest of that of all time, and in that process. The reason why I wanted to do voiceover, because I really don't have much passion for voiceover, but it's a way for me to be my own boss. It's a way for me to be my own entrepreneur. The very first time somebody cashed out me $75 for saying three minutes of recording for him, I was amazed. I was like, bro, like I, I really just made this right now. Like I feel, I feel blessed. And I just at the point, I'm just at the point now where, I want to have control of my destiny. You know, when you are in the force and you're working for a boss is under another boss under another boss, they're only paying you what they think you're worth with the system and said that you're worth versus if you're an entrepreneur and you start your own business, you're giving a service. One of the best things is nigga is to give your own is to set the worth that you know that you think you're worth. Like, nigga, like, you know, I just, I'm just being real. Like it's it's just in my mind. I'm just I'm just like I'm tired of like I'm tired of somebody above me telling me what I'm worth and it not being enough to, for me to even uh, get a car while still keeping my rent paid. That's just what I, that's just how I feel about things. Um, and whether the person who's listening to this podcast right now, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Jewish, Italian. Um, uh, Slovak, Slovak, Slovakian whatever I, I, I pronunciated that, that name terribly I just think the way to true independence The way to true self-empowerment Is entrepreneurship I will put that There are some headaches that come with that A lot of the times there is an unsurety of stable income and I'm willing to take that to be my own boss. I'm willing to take that to put everything on my line, to put everything on me. I'd rather go in the dirt, die rather than say that I was my own boss. I started my own business. I handled all my shit like myself. So that's how I feel about things, you know, and there's going to be a lot of people out there who disagree with me, but that's, you know, it is what it is. If you disagree, you can disagree. You know, we have a conversation about it on the podcast. Um, there was a young lady that I interviewed, um, uh, yesterday shout out to queen off very beautiful very beautiful chocolate skin skin the color of molasses very beautiful woman I'm kind of perving on it right now beautiful woman um, we had a really just interesting conversation about just life and college and cheating in arizona having freeways there's a lot of things in honor of her because like me she shares the same love for brent fire that i have i'm gonna play a song by brent fire called uh, "Missing Out. A lot of you have heard me play this song in the podcast. A lot of you have heard me uh, just wax poetic about how much I love this song. And I feel like this is the best way to commence the year with a song that I feel like... This song really touches me, my soul, and my heart because I love the R that it gives off. There's a point in the song, at the 52-second mark in the song, where Brent says... I just got back from L.A. Yes, I plan to move. And I know that's what they all say. But I'm going to be one to know soon. And a lot of the times, I'll take lyrics and metaphorize those lyrics to apply to my life, reply to the message that I need to hear. For me, that message told me, you know, I know there's a lot of niggas out there. I know you used to Jerron, Rashad, Kiki and them always saying that they going to be the best rapper. They're going to be the next version of the baby. They're going to dance like Jabba and all them niggas. But, baby... I'm something different don't compare me to them I'm something different my dreams are I dream with the magic can't even dream of And so you know just believe in me and I just ask all of y'all to believe in me you know so with that being said thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for listening to the broadcast this is missing out by Brent Fires. shout out to Brent thank you for being thank you thank you for making this melody for us
1: Miss you miss me I just got off I'm waiting on a friend to scoop me up Oh it's a cold out. But I had to get away to call you up I just got back from LA Yes, I plan to move And I know that's what they all say But I'ma be someone I know soon Come fuck with me I ain't got no plans for the weekend Don't know what you was thinking But I don't got no drinks for drinking I got some weed for smoking And I got some songs for listening no, I don't got work in the morning. Shit, you don't know what you're missing Messing up I just got off My friend is taking longer than I thought I'm sitting in a Starbucks It was getting late and too cold out Damn, my feet are getting tired i ain't trying to move I'll call you back on Saturday But I think I'ma go to bed soon Come fuck with me I ain't got no plans for the weekend Don't know what you was thinking But I don't got no drinks for drinking I got something <laughs>